Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Happy anniversary, Matt. Yeah, yes. Uh, we are one year removed from the release of Cats. Um, yesterday was the anniversary of Cats, December uh, the seven, 16th. 16th. Today is the yeah. 17th. We're dating this, but who gives a shit? Um, is Monster Hunter as good as Cats? We're about to find well, out. Well, certainly not as Jellical, Matt. Jellical, uh, Jellical, Jellical, Jellical. Today Matt. we are reviewing Paul W.S. Anderson's Monster Hunter, starring Mila, Mila why did I fuck this up? Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaw, T.I., Megan Good. Uh, Diego Boneta, uh, Josh Hellman, uh, Ron Perlman. <laughs> it was just the sickest hair and clean shaven. It's, it's face. actually Craven the Hunter cosplay. That's what I've dubbed yeah, it now. Kind of, kind of. It's it's something that's for sure. Um, we'll get into it in a sec. But Eric, how you doing today? I'm I'm doing fine, Matt. I think that uh, we. You know, we watched a movie and we saw it with our own eyes and it and it happened. And to be honest, I think it might be it, one of the most boring films I've, I've seen this I've year. Seen this whole year, yeah. You never want to go in going, I, I pretty much know what I'm going to expect from this. And you always go in with an open mind, which is why I requested the screener. Because I'm like, you know what? One of these video game movies has got to be the one. You know? It's got to be Paul W.S. Anderson to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's already no. done six Resident Evil movies. It's got to be him. Um, so, you know what? I'm like, you know what? Could be just like a fun monster flick, you know? Right. Toho uh, co-produced it. Um, Based on the Capcom video game. Yeah. And I'm like, this could be fun. You never know. Boy, uh, you were wrong. I was wrong. It is horrible. It is so boring. Um, so anyways, we'll get into it. What the what the hell is Monster Hunter, Eric? Matt, I'm still actually trying to figure that out to this day. And uh, I mean, the gist of it is this. Mila Jovovich plays a U.S. Uh, Army Ranger who her crew is sent out to the desert to find another unit that's mysteriously disappeared. She gets caught in a sandstorm. Uh, unfortunately, Tom Cruise did not appear in that sandstorm and sucked into or another the song. Sandstorm does not play. No, by and- Darude. You know, you know the one, you know, the one Eric. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't No, I don't. Yeah, you do. You know, the song sandstorm by Darude. No, I, d- I don't. No. Okay. All right. Maybe That's I maybe I would to hear it, but I I don't know that I, I don't want to do it because I would butcher it. There's no actual lyrics or anything, but well, anyways, look, someone tweet at me. I'm not going crazy. <laughs> anyways, so yes, Mila Jovovich is sucked into her and her crew are sucked into a world um, with sand pirates, and is that is also a derivative landscape of every 80s and 90s action sci-fi film you've seen from Tremors to Starship Troopers and Aliens and everything in between. Uh, There are uh, Triceratops, Graboids, there are Arachnid-looking spiders that wipe out the team pretty quickly. Spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Some of them... It's yeah, it's, it's in the first 15, it's in the first fifteen minutes of the movie. And we didn't say who, but yeah, there but is becomes, a point where I thought they were gonna Steven Seagal someone, right? Uh, from executive, uh, executive decision, decision. Style. yeah, but or yeah, Sam it, Jackson from uh, 
uh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, and then it becomes basically Predator, where you know Miljovic teams up with Tony Jaws, sand pirate who was left uh, after a, an attack from one of these giant monsters. Uh, because as you see at the the opening prologue, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman it's is the captain, sand pirate of, <laughs> of of the ship, and he apparently can speak English. Um, and so yep, the two that have to tracks. Yeah. So Tony Jaw and Mila Jovovich have to set aside their differences, even though they fight multiple times um, in a very kind of I guess enemy mine esque scenario. Uh, until they decide to join forces and fight off the giant Triceratops Graboid and fend off the spiders and find a way to get her back home. And that's basically the gist. There's also a CGI uh, cat chef in, in this movie. Yeah, so it all comes back to cats. It does. It kind of does make sense with our intro. Um, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, I mean, there's not much else to say about it. It's, it's just incredibly boring. Um, it's, you'd think just watching monsters, you know, hopefully beat up on each other would be fun, but that doesn't really happen. And like, it, it has that transformers two problem, which I leaned over to you while we were watching it. Cause I'm just like, it, it could have been fun for, you know, a sense of destruction and just, you know, yeah, a team having to take down these monsters which is what the game is all about it's you and your your cat friend um using weapons uh crafting things and taking down these monsters and using their parts for different things i think i haven't really played it but i've watched a bit of it um but taking like i don't know why this trope of video game movies always has to like be like well we have to have you know the regular human people like just the army people be it like sucked into the video game world essentially super mario brothers style and um and and be in this weird world instead of it just taking place in that world and telling an interesting story with those characters like i don't understand i'm not saying that would have happened if you just had the whole thing take place in the quote-unquote new world um and had and had it based on these space pirates or just this like you know the these people trying to take down these living with these monsters because that's what's most interesting you always have to have this fish out of water kind of thing and it just doesn't make for an interesting movie like it's just like it's all generic army shit at the beginning then when you get to the world it's just kind of monsters like you said monsters that you aren't even really interesting to look at no um, in they're the sense poorly designed just, they're lazily conceptually put together i'm sure they're made they're based off of monsters from the franchise but i don't know if these are like the most popular ones or anything if they are then i'm like there's nothing more interesting than something that looks like a dinosaur with like buff the rock arms and then like and then the other ones just looks like a giant spider i'm like this is so boring and then you get to the dragon at the end and you're like this is all so generic i'm like none of this is interesting and then the whole movie takes place in a desert whether it's a desert at the beginning or enough another different desert that they go into in the new world sand and, it's rough it's coarse and, it gets and it's everywhere. everywhere it's everywhere in this movie so like when i'm saying this like this usually in a monster movie that sense of destruction and like it's a big thing i complained about in the in the four and a half hour fucking transformers 2 uh movie where like 90 percent of it's in egypt at the end and you're just like it's egypt that they're in in transformers 2 yeah. right um and it's just 
there's sand everywhere. I'm like, none of this is interesting. You're just blowing up sand and you have a monster going around. I'm like, it's so boring. And even seeing her train with Tony jaw and like, uh, there's certain scenes that go on way too long or just the cutting is incredibly quick. And it just doesn't even make sense sometimes to where the camera is cutting to or where the camera angle is. And it's just like a dialogue scene, but the camera changes 47 times. It has and all the bad tendencies of a Michael Bay movie, the way that he cuts his films, you know, three to five seconds between, you know, one shot to the next and the way that like someone will be talking and then like a cut will interrupt them talking. And it's just, it's a weird, and it doesn't make choice. any sense. And you don't sit on anything and there's multiple times where i'm like why didn't you let this play out or it'll just scatterbrain cut here and there or a fight scene will go on for fucking 15 minutes and then it'll cut for a second and things will go down and then it'll just go back into the same fight scene they'll continue it and none of it's really interesting like tony jaw is obviously like a a, a skilled stuntman and, and and but it's just him fighting Mila Jovovich over and over again is just like, none of this is interesting. And like, you're not even shooting it in an interesting way. Like the dynamic between those two characters, I don't buy into any of it. Why is any of this happening? And you get so bored, you just tune it out and you're just like, the fuck is this going to end? And, um, I mean, it's classic. I mean, it's just another horrible video game movie and it's so shitty because if you guys listen to our other show, like on untitled movie podcasts all the time, I talk about how much I love games and how much I love video games. And I feel like it is ripe for, you know, that, uh, surgeons in, in film of like taking these interesting concepts from video games and making cool stories out of them. But like no one has really cracked the code. Like we have, we have the same conversation over and over again of like, what will be the first, like people argue with, like, I would argue things like Scott Pilgrim or even ready player one, not even a great movie, but at least it's like competent for the most part. It is just, it is just like barfing out references and things like that. I'd but say at the least first Tomb like, Raider is okay. as like a generic kind of like action adventure f- movie. Angelina Jolie or Alicia Vikander. Oh, Vikander. Sorry. When yeah. I said first, cause I was thinking of the Ben yeah. Wheatley one coming up. No. Next, so yes. Yeah, yeah. I would say that it's totally okay. Yeah. And I would say that's probably if you're taking purely like based off of a video game and you're not leaning into uh, wreck it Ralph or ready player one or Scott Pilgrim or, or documentary like King um, of Kong fist yeah. quarters or, or even the, the, uh, say, game, the yeah, movie. Even the recent one we watched, which was okay. The console Sega wars. versus console wars is okay. Yeah. But like, I'm talking purely taking a video game franchise and adapting it. And video games aren't known to have great stories. I don't think Monster Hunter is really known to have a fantastic story or characters. People like the monsters and they like the grind of like going out and hunting these things and defeating them in interesting ways. And the movie even tries to kind of pay fan service to a lot of that stuff with like the different gadgets she used or weapons. Like even I recognize some of them. You said the the cat that shows up, which is like, I think a thing in the game. People who like Monster Hunter are probably like, you're an idiot, man. But like, even if you're a fan of Monster Hunter, like this thing's not going to do it justice. Like I just, this isn't what you want. Like there's no interesting characters and like, and nothing of consequence is really happening. And it just all feels kind of pointless. And then that's been like the recurring thing in these video game movies and the Tomb Raider one back to your point, Eric, and I'll shut up in a second. I'll let you go. Um, 
But I really do love video games, which is why this pisses me off that they continuously are awful. Like not even just mediocre, just awful. And well, look at the guys who are directing them as well, right? Yes, like exactly. Paul W. S. Anderson yeah. is, you know, has this career now of directing shitty video game adaptations, and they're people that give him a pass. I don't know why. And like, and and I will give Tomb Raider a pass. Um, I ironically love the super mario brothers movie like it's terrible but it's like nostalgic for me because i remember going to rent that over and over again from roger's video in uh at the five points mall in oshawa and like and i just watched that shit on repeat because i was a dumb kid and i loved mario and i thought it was awesome and that's just continued over to me being an adult where now I realize it's terrible, but I have these strong feelings towards it where it's like, but that movie at least is like so bad. It's kind of fun because you're like, what the hell? Like, what were they thinking? They're on acid when they made this movie. Like what? Well, they didn't care. That was the thing. Like you, you had studio executives that were looking for the next hot thing, you know, like at that point, I, the big, like IPs at that point were, action movies like it was you know die hard rambo you know terminator those were you know the marvel movies of you know the late 80s early 90s it was all based around an action star right and so into the 90s you have you know late 80s into the 90s video games become popular so you have studios buying them up and you know hiring you know people to write scripts so you get things again like paul ws anderson with mortal kombat um you know you get oh fuck i forgot he did that yeah you get double dragon you get as you mentioned super mario brothers um uh like there's a whole bunch of these street fighter like you get all of these films and and again like you don't have to treat them seriously and i'm not asking like you know the the writers or the producers or the people that are in charge to treat this material like it's you know bong joon ho's parasite or something like that at least make it fun yeah, and it's it again. Like you can you can say looking at it in retrospect that you know uh, Mortal Kombat's kind of fun in a campy, ironic way that it's just so ridiculously cast and it's very much of the '90s um, that you can get some joy out of it. And the same thing with Super Mario Brothers. But with the and I'm sure maybe some people will feel this way. You know, 10, 20 years with Monster Hunter, who knows? But I feel like with you know Monster Hunter, Hitman assassin's creed like i i don't play video games and i'm looking at this just from like a narrative point of view and half of these plot lines are from other movies that are way more enjoyable matt i could have been watching tremors for the third time this year instead yeah, it just came out on 4k um and, and, I'm not, and, then- and a lot of games take from movies and that's fine but the other problem i'll let you keep going eric but like the other problem is that they take these games that actually have half decent characters and stories like Assassin's Creed. And then they do something that has, again, like you pointed out with super Mario brothers, like something that has nothing to do with the game. And then they focus on the shit. No one gives a sh- shit about, which is like the future part of Assassin's Creed. And you're like, the fuck are you guys doing? I just don't understand the thought process. You go, let's take what people loved about this game and only give you a little bit of it. And then we're going to do something that has nothing to do with the game. And you're like, I just, I don't understand. Yeah. And, and again, this movie is just so painfully generic and boring to the point where 
you know, the action that is being presented, one, it looks really cheap. It looks like CGI and post-production work that was, um, you know, brought in from like a Russian or Chinese company to kind of do post on it. But the redundancy in the action sequences, there's not one, not two, but three times where Mila Jovovich is in a Jeep and it's being flipped. And it's like, that's like the the big shot of this film. And they keep going back to doing that over and over again. And then when you have these, you know, CGI creatures battling each other or sort of trying to take out, uh, you know, the human opponents, it's, it's one of those things where it's just not interesting because, again, it's just all, you know, post-production effects. And um, for the majority of the movie, it's it's basically a single location and once it does move into sort of the the second act and in, in, into the final sequence it kind of feels really rushed it felt like they spent all this time you know in, in, in at point a and then when they get to point b it's like okay now we gotta rush through this where it's so uneven and like there's even scenes where like when ron perlman disappears for the majority of the film and comes back for an hour and 20 minutes yeah, he comes back and you think there's going to be some conflict between between him and mila jovovich because she's an outsider and from another world um you know they have her locked up in the in the ship and then she frees herself and then he's like, yeah, I'm fine with you now. Like, it just feels so rushed. I think the only scene that I kind of enjoyed or giggled at a little bit, and it's a meta kind of thing, is that there, again, this is all shorthand, narratively speaking, to get you to care for the characters. Uh, Jovovich's character has a ring that she keeps, and it has uh, inscribed forever. One, she's either a Batman Forever fan, um, or B, this is sort of symbolic of Jovovich and Anderson's relationship that when they got hitched, it meant not only, you know, man and wife forever, but you're going to be in all of my movies no matter what. And I'll remind you that you're going to be in these movies because it's it, it's such like he is he's a terrible filmmaker. And also he has endangered a lot of people on set, especially stunt people. Yeah, and it, we should address that. Yeah. It's amazing to me that he's able to still get funding, most of which is, again, Chinese and Russian and international funding. Like, yes, uh, Screen Gems is distributing it in North America, but they picked up the bill afterwards. It's just a distribution thing. It's not, you know, an in-house production. And it seems like those are the kind of movies he's just going to make now. Right. Like, and, and this movie is, is ripe for that market, right? There's like very little plot. There's not much dialogue even, and you don't really need to follow it because like, it's just spectacle. And, and I mean, it's not even that great of a spectacle, but I, I just feel like movies like this, I mean, which is why it has all this international funding, um, just do well because the subtitles don't necessarily matter. You can just kind of watch it and 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 enjoy it that way if that's your thing uh, in in certain you know areas. But um, yeah, it just there's nothing here. There's literally nothing. Like I couldn't tell you what was happening with the portal. There's like a giant castle at the end. I'm like, who the fuck is living at this castle? Castlevania like, somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm like, what is happening in this movie? And I'm like, I just none of it is interesting and it's just like i don't know i was zoned out for the majority of it but like it wasn't even fun to watch with you and like make fun of no like, and it we, feels we longer than it is to too and it's one of those movies where at the end of it you're like i was gonna watch another movie but like i just i'm gonna go away 
crawl up into a ball and die. Yeah. Again, like it's it's something where like this didn't need to be, you know, a great piece of filmmaking. It just needed to be fun. And it's not that at all. And again, you could you could watch Reign of Fire and get more out of that because McConaughey is just so over the top in that movie, where this offers you like absolutely nothing to just even, you know, coast as you're kind of just watching what's happening on screen. It is completely and utterly forgettable and numbing. And yeah, maybe it's a slight step up in terms of quality than a Yui Bowl movie, but um, you know, it is bland. Uh, and I, I just still do not understand this weird, like Paul W.S. Anderson being in the older tour group. I get someone like Jean-Claude Sarah, you know, who's directed, you know, nonstop and multiple Liam Neeson movies like The Commuter and Unknown and and Run All Night and, you know, House of Wax and things like that. Like he has a, a, an interesting style and adds something to, you know, each movie he makes. You know, they're they're all kind of like chewy genre films that are disposable Friday night, you know, flicks that you would go to the theater in the before times and kind of just laugh at or laugh with and just have a really good time. But also there is some strange subversive artistry going on in there as well, just with certain camera choices, with certain um, angles, with, with just the way that like the tone kind of plays out. Anderson is just like, he takes everything and on paper, it seems like, oh, this could actually be fun. This could be a popcorn movie that could, you know, uh, distract me for a couple of hours in mid-April. And then everything he makes is just so bland. Yeah, I have nothing more to say. One star for me. Yeah, one star. It's... Um, Eric, thank you for joining me. Um, if you guys liked this, we have a couple other podcasts I would love for you guys to go check out. Um, if you're a new, new listener, we have the untitled movie podcast, which is our main flagship show. Usually not usually, but often two plus hours, our latest 80th draft. Eric and I talk about all the announcements and hashtag content from the Disney investors meeting. Uh, it's strictly just from that four and a half hour meeting. Um, we just talk about everything that got announced there. Uh, we also have our, uh, interview show, the untitled movie conversations. Uh, our latest couple episodes are with, uh, the kind of funny crew. So, uh, Joey Noel joined us for a great conversation about, uh, Christmas movies and fast and the furious. And then, uh, Nick Scarpino also joined us for the episode before that to talk about, uh, Vince Vaughn Christmas movies specifically, as well as eighties movies and just everything, uh, Nick kind of enjoys and the future of cinema, which was right before that HBO max news. We did a whole episode on that as well. 79th draft. You can go check that out. Uh, we'd really appreciate if you guys could drop us a review on your podcast service of choice and follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast. Uh, as always, my name's Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at em6211. Until next time. The sand, it's everywhere. <laughs>